Hi, I'm Steve, your host of It's All About Her. It's a show sponsored and inspired by Her Vodka, the vodka that gives half back to her. I'll be interviewing women entrepreneurs in different phases of life and business, see what makes them tick, and what we might have in common with these successful women. Hello, everyone. In this episode of It's All About Her, you meet Connie and Michelle, owners of the Marble Distilling Company, located in the cool town of Carbondale, Colorado. Marble Distilling is a zero-waste distillery, the only one in the world. They also have an inn they built connected to the distillery, fittingly named the Distillery Inn. We learn a lot about how they followed their dreams and did it their way. I had a great time talking with them, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi, Michelle and Connie. Hi. Hi. How are you? We're good. A little hot, but good. Yeah, we just had a lot of fun with your forklift, and I was... Uh, I have a, I have a, I don't know if you saw the paperwork I sent with this, but I have a phrase I always tell um, people. I said that I was going to put on a T-shirt that says, "I must be rich because I own a business," <laughs> and it's because everyone thinks you're rich, you do what you want. We were just talking about how um, it's fun being an entrepreneur, but today was a perfect example of it. Nothing like digging out a forklift. We right. call that distillery CrossFit. Right. Every day is different. Oh boy! <laughs> you never and know. you were stuck. So uh, forklifts are heavy. So we're here at Marble Distilling in Carbondale, Colorado, my favorite state of all the states. So, um, so basically, we just had an experience about owning your own business, which I have to say, um, you had Schaefer, your uh, bartender, helping, and the attitude around um, getting that, solving that problem was awesome. You guys uh, must be good managers and bosses for sure. Right? Yeah, and we live in a great community. I mean, to be able to get our builder who's doing... A building a block and a half away to run over and say we need a forklift and he's like i'm going to a meeting but i'll call one of the guys off of my other jobs and have him come over i mean it's just it's we live in a really special community for sure for sure i like uh, is this a big um, tourist town or or i suppose all of colorado is almost uh yeah, you get people in it's not like aspen but um we get, a, we get the trickle down effect and we get right. the people who want to be more low-key and don't want to be like aspen you right. know they're looking for a more relaxed real colorado experience sure so this is super inexpensive place to live i'm sure <laughs> right exactly <laughs> that's why we work so hard right yeah in colorado you have to work hard just to live here for sure very true um so I'm, I'm guessing by the name of the distillery that you guys love to play marbles, or where did that come from? <laughs> no, we lost our marbles. You lost our marbles. Hey, God, I should have went with that. So tell me about the, uh, the name of the business. So uh, my husband and I live in Marble, and um, we have delicious water from the well on our property. And um, after I went to distilling school, I thought about uh, filtering the water through Marble because that's all our water is filtered through. Right. And um, delicious water, delicious vodka. And so, therefore, Marble Distilling Company, because we do filter our water through vodka from the Yule Marble Quarry, which is one of only three metamorphosized limestone quarries in the world. Wow, you're smart, too. That's cool. That's a, I, 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 that's an amazing picture that you have hanging up there, by the Isn't way. Isn't that incredible? And none of the, no one else can see it, but maybe you could describe it. It's beautiful. It was actually a photograph taken by a local photographer, Taylor, Tyler Stableford, who's amazing. And he went up several years ago and took that photo. And since then, the quarry was actually closed for OSHA violations. And um, he said that he actually went back up just as a pet project to take uh, more photos. And he got into the quarry after the new ownership, uh, Red Graniti. They're out of um, Carrera, Italy. Right. And uh, he went to take photos and everything was very pristine. And 
the photograph uh, the photograph behind is just a huge scale of the quarry and it makes these huge diggers look like tonka trucks and there's marble laying in piles all over and now there are no more piles so right he was kind of disappointed it didn't have the character that that photograph has. it reminds me of back in the time like when they were building the hoover dam and, and things like that even though that that's much more current but um so what you've got you guys have brought in those elements to this distillery this is a new distillery relatively new and with a lot of old history um is it is it about that town for you or is well, it it's partly about the town, but it's also a lot about Carbondale because Carbondale is a really um, special community. We're actually located in the historic commercial core. Our building may not look historic from the outside, but there's a lot of historical elements. And when we went right. through the design review process, the first you know gasp from the architectural review was, that's not red brick. And I said, no, but that doesn't make it not historic. We've got the column, uh, the steel column tower that is um, done in old tin to replicate an old mining town. We've got the antique marble fireplace out front, which is just antique because the marble was laying around in our friend's backyard to mimic the old marble walls in the mill site. And then we've got some modern elements and sustainable cladding um, to kind of tie it all together. And the original brick from the stable is on the back bar. So if you look at it just from a red brick building, no, it's not historic Carbondale. But there's a lot of history that's tied into this building, Um, a lot of reclaimed materials from old buildings around here. So you have to look a little bit, dig a little deeper. Yeah, I saw the the barnwood on the doors. My barnwood's my favorite element to use because it's hard to screw up. (laughs) <laughs> it's Barnwood. Um, so when you said uh, the brick from the stable, so this yeah. was originally a stable? Well, there was... Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or I, yeah, I, I picked I, up I, on I, stable. Yeah, okay, so it was a stable, okay. but someone had turned it into a house, and I use that term loosely. Right. Um, the clay center across the street had been using it for a... Um, the artist in residence who was in okay. residence with the marmots, the raccoons, the chipmunks, <laughs> and who knows what else. Skunks. Right. We have skunks here in Carbondale. So um, when we um, decided to, um, actually before we decided to build this, but we, we had, Michelle and I were on the board of the local animal shelter and we donated the building for a weekend for a haunted house. And we had 400 teenagers each night raging through this house. It was really scary. It was super fun. And then we had an engineer come in who I told him that story, and he literally passed out. And when he came to, he said, you have to tear this building down right now. I can't believe it didn't collapse. Oh, boy. That must have been a little scary. (laughs) We tore it down, but the only thing salvageable was the brick. So that's the original, what they call Aspen brick. Okay. It's a soft brick, an unfired brick. And um, you'll see it in different places around Carbondale, um, but that's the only thing left from the original building. So when you when uh, so artists use this building, and I saw you you had a lot of art, is that where your support for the local artists came from? Well, Carbondale is one of a handful of creative districts in Colorado, so local throughout you know from our equipment to our art is very important. Local craftsmen help build this building, so um, a lot of the art that is down in the distillery and then also up in the rooms uh, comes from local artists. Yes. Okay. How long have you guys known each other? We met right at the Millennium. That's confidential. <laughs> we met with my age. We met met at the Millennium. Okay. And started working together in a different business, and while we were partners there, we bought this piece of land together with our husbands. Were you always uh, living close? Uh, nearby. In, nearby. You know, in Colorado together. Uh, just starting. Well, I moved to Colorado from New York in 1992. Okay. Yeah, and I moved here in 97. Gotcha. So you're. Um, 
I went through your tour, which was awesome. Um, and uh, but I, it's, I don't think we have enough time to talk about everything that's going on in this distillery, which is pretty special. Um, but your ideology, kind of about this business, um, Jim Ron is a motivational speaker that has, has coined the phrase "Don't wish it was easier, um, wish you were better." It seems like you guys kind of have that philosophy. Um, don't wish the world was better, make it better. Um, and you really, I mean, a lot of people do um, do a few things, um, just enough to kind of get a scorecard on. Oh, I'm good enough. All right, I did my part, or I can advertise this or that. But um, you guys seem to live and breathe it. Can you speak to that? Um, I don't know where you start. Um, I think it goes to when Connie was working on a business plan and just going to the distilleries and learning about the business, um, and just you know, just what you what you saw in other distilleries and wineries and breweries. And were you did were you very, did you find yourself very disappointed, or did you? Did you look at it like, gosh, you could be doing this I, different? I think I was challenged because okay. I, I knew that I wanted to be a distiller. I knew from the day I went to distilling school and then I was, you know, distilling somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Not here in this building. <laughs> and, um, yeah, if you think about it, even when I was distilling um, on my own, I had set up this little water reclamation system with um, fish uh, pumps. And I use snow from because I live in Marvel. It's yep. only a lot of snow for my con, my condensers, and so maybe it originated there. But it, what I didn't really it was a subliminal kind of thing. Sure. But yeah, I, I was challenged that I knew I wanted to be a distiller. I knew I wasn't going to do it that way. Um, my husband lived on the Hopi reservation for seven years and is very you know tied to the earth and sustainability. Sure. And um, and so we knew we were going to do something different. It wasn't going to be like that. And, and also if we can do it, we could prove to other people that it makes sense financially, um, environmentally, you know, there's so many levels. To right. It. Um, so we are proving that and we're hoping other people, we can't change the world. We can change what we do. And hopefully no, but if you can change a couple change. more, right. Yeah. And, and I'm sure once you prove to um, people that it's economical, they're, they're, you're going to have a lot of people jumping on for sure. Why don't you, what could you take me through? Let's take, let's go through the process, but not how, we distill liquor, sure. um, but what changes you made? I mean, maybe start sure. at the beginning, just to just to get a. I think it's really neat to share what what you've done because you've done a lot of special things from the from the heating of yeah. this building and well, on. It, it's really super simple, to be honest with you. All of the um, equipment in this build in this building is off the shelf. Um, technology. There's nothing that was designed for us. It's just the way that we put it together. So we were building from the ground up, but our system is 100% um, retrofitable to uh, other applications that use a lot of water and create heat. Um, basically, making vodka, you create a lot of uh, heat and use a lot of water or any kind of spirit because you have right. to turn a vapor back into a liquid. The vapor is very hot, so you need cold water to condense that vapor back into a liquid. When the water hits the condenser, it's at ambient temperature. When it comes off the condenser, it's 125 to 135 degrees. Got a lot of hot water, a lot of hot water. Most distilleries reclaim some. I should say some distilleries reclaim some. Most distilleries send it down the drain because what do you do with thousands and thousands and thousands of gallons of hot water? so rather than do that, we pump ours to a hot tank. It's basically a man-made geo loop. just goes yep. round and round. Then it gets pumped through multiple heat exchangers, and we're left with cold water. Cold water goes back into the condensers, is used for air conditioning. All that hot energy is used to preheat our domestic hot water, preheat our processes, and heat our building. Biggest problem in a distillery is you have too much heat. 
rather than use your chiller, which is your biggest energy suck in a distillery, to cool it down. We have um, two ways of getting rid of heat. In the winter, we throw it out into our sidewalks, which are all radiant. We use it for snowmelt. We don't use energy to snowmelt. We're dissipating heat. And we have an evaporative cooler on our roof, which when the night sky is cooler than the temperature in our cold tank, we just blow it across a giant fan coil and cool it. It's called neat free night sky cooling because you're not using electricity other than a small pump to cool it down. It's right. a super simple system. So you're running the, the geothermal system, except you're not you're not taking it from the um, heat of the earth. Right. Pretty but much. Basically, the tanks are our yeah. thermal system. Yeah. yeah. So it's okay. a man-made geo. I mean, if we had in the original design, the tanks were um, supposed to be underground, and we decided to showcase them so we could show that it could be a retrofit. You don't have to have, uh, you know, a big hole in the ground. Right. Um, but you could use the same system if you did have a lot of outdoor ground space and you wanted to put in a pond or, um, right. you know, geo-loop. You could use it. It's, it's, it's really a, a very um, flexible system. That's, that's awesome. So last year alone, we saved 4.1 million gallons of water. And uh, we harvested 1.8 billion, with a B billion BTUs of energy that's enough energy to power 20 homes and we use that all within our facility and we're a small distillery we're small right well what so let's skip ahead because I'm really um, want to hear your uh, barreling um, <laughs> whiskey lovers unite <laughs> I know well, I'm a bourbon guy so tell me what you're doing there because I think it's um, pretty unique how you set up your building so um, we've got this incredible relationship with our local ranchers. Um, the Nislandic family is um, growing all of our grains half a mile from the distillery, taking all of our spent mash. So again, nothing going down the drain, zero waste facility. And they had an, um, uh, an, an abandoned or you know, unused potato cellar on their land. Um, we were looking for um, barrel storage options. And uh, potato cellar was a little chilly, um, three sides underground, but, um, you know, a lot of concrete floor. So we um, went up and we tore off the southern roof and put on double wall polycarbonate panels, created basically a greenhouse. um, And now our whiskey storage is warm by the sun. So huge temperature swings, which we want with whiskey. How how huge is the uh, temperature swing? So we have seasonal temperature swings, and then we have daily temperature swings. In the winter, it never gets below 55 in there, which is a little chilly for whiskey storage, but then when we have the sun come out, that may just be at night, and then during the day, it can get up into the 80s. Sure. In the summer, we can reach 120, no problem. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's a a good place to go for a facial. <laughs> That's all we have time. A steamer. For. <laughs> yeah, if I if if I went to help with that forklift, I'd go over there and sweat out right. all, all, all the bourbon from last night. So. Um, that's neat because I think the entrepreneur, uh, the entrepreneur farmer, it sounds like, um, started thinking outside the box, yeah. and you created some opportunities for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what else do you have? Nothing. We huh? have three beehives on three our roof, be- and on, that's yeah. why we have honey vodka so, in the we, back bar. And we're oh, solar. And we've got the distillery in too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean. No, just just as far as um, just as far as what we're doing, um, eco friendly. You're also um, you also get the solar. solar. We have um, right. yeah panels on the southern roof. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, as I said, a lot of our materials are all reclaimed for the building. The marble bar behind you were two abandoned blocks in our friend's backyard, just sitting there since probably 1914. Wow. Um, and it was a barter trade. We gave them slabs off the block, and they gave us the block. Worked out really well. Um, all of the the antique marble was picked, as I said, from our friends' yards around marble, and all of the wood was reclaimed. Um, 
and the front, whole front of the building, all of that um, siding is all from reclaimed materials. Nice. All right. Enough about the building. How about what I really enjoy is the, the, the liquid, the whiskey, this vodka. I see a whole bunch of awards around bottles up there. So um, how long ago did you start the, from, from concept of I want to open a distillery till now? 2009. 2009. We opened, we opened in so 2015. I'll do the math, eight years. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so what's, what's your passion? What's, what's, when someone drinks, when it hits their palate, what do you want them to experience? Is it different for, or do you have a common across the board? Something that's... Um, kind of your signature? or Well, I think it's different for different spirits. Yeah. For the vodka mainly, I love vodka, and I love that you can make vodka out of anything. I um, I do not like flavorless vodkas that are just used for mixers. I'm right. a vodka drinker, so I like to drink my vodka either straight or maybe with a splash of soda or just a touch of vermouth, something like that. So I, per, I really... Um, I'm challenged when I'm out in the vodka drinking world to find vodkas that are fabulous. And there are some fabulous vodkas out there. I'm, one of my favorites is actually Bar Hill out of, I think they're Vermont. They make okay. their vodka out of, they grow their own bees, then they harvest meat, the honey, they make mead, and then they distill the mead. Really? And it's a delicious vodka. And, and it really comes through. Yeah. And that's what we're crafting here is a delicious vodka something that's really showcasing what we're doing and we're showcasing our colorado grains um you know it's wheat colorado soft white wheat and malted barley which is a beautiful creamy grain and we're showcasing the filtration through the marble because that's adding some minerality and we really want to show um you know the passion for our community and a beautiful local spirit made from things in the community um so vodka is your favorite out of out of your well, I, to, to I consume. Love I mean, liquor too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Irish. I love it You're, all. <laughs> I I love it all too. But I I really like the um, the bourbon. And there's um, not a lot. I mean, it's it's tough on a small distillery mm-hmm. to come out with uh, um, bourbon because you start and um, wait and you wait, wait and you wait. wait. And if you want it to be good, don't release white right. vodka, uh, white bourbon more. or white whiskey. Yeah, it's um, I, your rye is excellent, by the way. Thank you. Um, I'm a big. I'm not as big a rye drinker, but um, I do have a, do have a love for uh, rye also. So, um, what is the what what is the plan if this business is 100% successful? What does it look like? It it means we we have to get distilling and start putting more whiskeys and ryes away. <laughs> and well, do, is there is there any is there any plan that this will be? Um, uh, a huge facility somewhere and this is the face of it or do you or do you not you know I mean space as you saw from the back oh that's, yeah uh, we call it you're not supposed to you're not supposed frontier. to have to lift the front of the um, <laughs> pallet jack every single time <laughs> um, we are definitely spatially challenged here um, but with the whiskey storage offsite, which is great um, and we've got some other little you know storage for like glass offsite and things like that we have a lot of room for growth. It's tight back there, but we're kind of figuring it out. And now that we're working with a distributor, Breakthrough Beverage of Colorado, okay, who we love, um, you know, they, what we do is we store everything in tanks. And when they're ready for it, we're you know we're distilling all the time. And when they're ready for sure. it, we have these giant bottling parties and eat pizza, drink drinks, and put up six and pallets, and they pick it up the next day. Nice. That's yeah. And, and then you get paid pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> instead, instead of trying to, yeah. can you self-distribute in the state? 
It, you can, and we did for the first year. Okay. But, at, but that's, there comes you're a limited. point where yeah. you just can't do it anymore. So how far is your uh, reach with Breakthrough? We're everywhere in Colorado. Okay. Um, pretty much everywhere. You know, even some of the, we're in a lot of the small craft stores, but we're also in the giant, you know, Apple Jacks and Argonauts and Dave Co. Sure. And Tipsies and all those big ones, Molly's, um, Total Beverage. But, um, you know, we're in a lot of the crafty uh, stores too where people you know really want to be able to talk to their local store owner and say hey what should I try that's new or different because right. that you get that in those really small stores um, and then we're just talking about oh and we're in Texas we yep. just sent uh, our first uh, um, uh, few pallets or yep. whatever we took down to Texas and we're in the top five uh, specs specs, specs okay so Houston Dallas San Antonio and Austin is that with breakthrough also no, that's with, um, oh my gosh, I forget the name. It's a small distributor. It's like a, a very craft distributor. Okay. And so we're just trying to see how that's going to go before we decide where to go next. We want to go to markets that appreciate our sustainability right. ethos and, and are willing to kind of, we say, vote with your wallet. Like, I'm going to get behind this product I, because I believe in it. And they're, make, they're actually doing something and not just, you know, giving money to charity, but they're actually physically doing it in their facility. Right. I, so. I, I agree with 100% of um, Vote With Your Wallet, for sure. Um, especially when it comes to restaurants, or you know, and when you get to know the owners and they're there and they're, what their values are. So how, how, do you, um, how do you handle sending that message to Texas and all over the state of Colorado? Because obviously, um, going through your tour today, um, it's loud and clear. I, I get what you guys are about and I love it. But, then, um, but how do you get that to a consumer when he looks at your bottle on the shelf? I think it's uh, being present down there. I mean, we'll have to be in Texas at festivals and events and tastings and liquor stores. And it's just all about education. Because as I said to you earlier, before I was in this industry, I had no idea how wasteful it was and what they did with the stillage and what they did with the water. So it's just about talking about it. Um, And, you know, and also having people taste our spirits and realizing that you don't have to sacrifice. We've got award-winning spirits and we're doing it in a sustainable way or doing it and doing it right. Right. And and we've got that little green globe on our bottle that says drink sustainably. And we're hoping people will say, Hey, what does that mean? And flip it over and see, you know, five great bullet points about us, but be more, you know, for their own knowledge base and education, look at what other people are doing, not just us. We don't want to be, we don't want to own this. We want people to, other people to do it and then you know support those kinds of um, products that's what's neat about your mentality is it's not about oh here's what we do and here's what we have don't tell anybody you're like no go demand everyone else do it and and that and that um that message is important because i do think people will say it and use you as a reference so here's what you can do and yeah connie i mean how many you've had like 25 30 people come in um to learn about the system we want to share the technology we're not patenting it and saying it's ours we want to promote right. that like if we can do it on a postage stamp lot in Carbondale Colorado really anybody can do it yeah and we're hoping that you know we'll take a little bit of the market share from the big guys and they'll they'll have to they'll take start, notice right well th- I mean that's that's how it works I mean yeah. if you if you don't make a noise nobody's gonna care yeah for sure do you, um through this process in the last eight years has there been ever been a point when you're saying why don't we just go get regular jobs and no. do something else no? No. How I long? Mean, tons uh, of roadblocks, millions of hurdles. Oh. So many challenges, so many no's, no's, no, 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 you can't do that along the way. But we just believed. 
<laughs> yeah, it's amazing the belief of an entrepreneur because it's you get slapped in the face. I mean, I, I interviewed a young lady that's probably 23, and um, I was like, and she started a magazine, and but it, it was relatively easy, I think. And I was like, "Oh, you haven't been kicked in the face yet. You haven't, you haven't got a forklift stuck down <laughs> in front of your place." That was nothing. Right. That you knew there was an answer for. Right. But it's when you when you have so many no's and you can't find an answer to a problem. That's that's the funnest. What has been your biggest? Is there a biggest no that you heard? That was the that was the most couldn't sleep at night. Uh, financing was. Huge. <laughs> Should have said besides financing. <laughs> <laughs> financing um, just stinks, doesn't it? It just it's it's awful. I really it's awful. I think that's what's stagnating the uh, this our country because there yeah. are a lot of great ideas out there and but people are having a hard time finding the money for those ideas. But how many people I I assume, especially where you live, you know a lot of people with a lot of money. I can remember and I can reference ten different entrepreneurs or how, way more probably that you can go out to dinner with your buddies that are very well off, could write a million dollar check without even knowing it was gone. They said, yeah, I really, oh, great idea, great idea. And then continue on the process, because for me the process is, let me tell you my story. I have no idea if I'm gonna do it. I'm just trying, they love it. Then I'm this closer, then this closer. Now I'm ready for financing. Hey, remember that idea? Oh yeah, I don't take that high risk stuff. I'm like, come on. And and it just, it's really, to young entrepreneurs I always say, um, nobody believes in you except for yourself. So yeah. you better be ready because it's going to be, yeah, because you're going to be um, eating soup out of a can. You're going to be doing whatever it takes because you believe in that and yeah. everyone around you is not yeah. going to understand how big it can be or how important it is to you or um, what you're going through yeah. because it, it is, uh, you know, it's basically, you know, hey, hey, um, if it's your mom, did you start the distillery yet? How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just, um, yeah, it's tough because you're kind of alone. Yeah. You know, even even when you have partners, um, you're all alone to, together, and it's it's sometimes can be more frustrating because um, you're constantly bringing up your partner, or he's bringing up you, or she's bringing up you, yeah. um, for for sure. Yeah. It's so we're not getting jobs, right? <laughs> no, no, no way. Can't imagine. It's too great. Tell me, tell me about the um, inn, and and why that why you came up with uh, the concept of starting an inn and your distillery. I mean, I I think it's I always had a bed in my brewery just because of the drinking right. but <laughs> it probably didn't like the brewery we're not, we're not allowed to stay at the inn <laughs> oh. I've never stayed at the inn <laughs> um, um, well I think that originally um, when Connie and I originally bought the piece of land we thought that we would move our former business here and um, the inn was always a thought just because Carbondale didn't have nice accommodations so when our clients were coming from New York they were staying in Aspen so that meant we were dining in Aspen and entertaining in Aspen we've got phenomenal restaurants just down the street from us Right. great art, great shopping great outdoor activities so you didn't really need that so I think that was always kind of in the back of our mind and then when we retired that didn't happen and um, when Connie uh, pulled the trigger on this uh you know, again, also Carbondale doesn't have accommodations, but it also has afforded us the opportunity to um, have an entity that's paying the bills and paying the mortgage while we're working on getting the brand out there and right. the whiskey and the bourbon are aging. Yeah, this is there is no other place in the entire world that has an inn within the distillery. There are these farm distilleries where they have you can stay in little farmhouses. Okay, and distillery. There's no place in a distillery. 
This is it. What was so the, what was the other? You can sleep with the stills. Okay. What was the other thing you mentioned, Dan? I forget what it was, but it was. I think it was about the environmental um, aspect of it that you you haven't found another brewery that's or a distillery that's doing this. Yeah, there's no other. As Connie was saying, there's no other. This is the only inn in the world housed within a working distillery. So but, we can use all the energy for right. the yeah. inn, which makes sense. Yeah, wasn't it? Um, but you. Um, capture all the heat off your water yeah I, I maybe that was it well there are some like you know there's some of our good buddies around here that are taking as much water as they can use in their for their hot liquor tanks or um i think heat streets using for some for some radiant and so they're trying but you know a lot of these big guys they're not doing anything that's and right they don't have to but it's, you're the probably only ones doing 100 percent I, Cap- I can't we find know anyone else sure. that's doing uh, that recaptures everything, not just the water, but then all the energy off it. Right. Yeah. Um, do you guys feel lucky? I feel tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I hate the word lucky. I mean, it should be fortunate because I think yes, we all. But we're uh, very lucky. Yeah, yeah. and we're, we're all very lucky. And but you know, when we do get lucky, mm-hmm. it's usually because we put in a bunch of work yeah. to set a, set ourselves up yeah. to. Create, yeah. take advantage of an opportunity. I mean, lucky that we're in the right community. Carbondale's the right community for this type of venture because it's a very um, environmentally um, conscious community. Um, so our, our, our own community supports that aspect of it. Um, and we're lucky that there are people in the world who care about things like that because I think a lot of our uh, our destination guests who come here come here because, yeah, we have amazing liquid. Our spirits are delicious. As you, right. You're yeah, I finished all my samples. and I told <laughs> um, him I spilled one, and he said I'd bring you another one, but he never did. Oh, no. oh, oh he's fired. He, he, well, he might have saw through my fake. I, I spilled this down my throat. Right. Can you bring me another? Um, but, um, you know, we're lucky because people care enough and come, and then they go and tell their friends. And that, right. you know, that's great. Yeah, it's it's all the advertising in the world, and mm-hmm. but it's th- that's the most important because mm-hmm. you w- really want to create fanatics, and um, and your your stuff is amazing, Thank and you. it's and it's different it's and it's unique and um, and you know like your distributor says I don't know, I was says you gotta have a story behind it well you gotta have a story, too so um, well wait till you hear about the whiskey and Hoover's revenge did Michelle tell you. No, I didn't hear the story. Did I hear the I story? I didn't tell the story. I didn't tell you this. Well, you can tell them the story, but I, all of our browns, right. our label is Hoover's yeah, Revenge. Yeah, Hoover's Revenge. No, you should. So Hoover, Hoover. was one of our. Uh, well, I don't. Show, I don't know if Connie likes to speak though. She's <laughs> I know really she does. shy. She's got, well, she, you know. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so we get all of our dogs from the shelter, and um, we had this dog. I have always had hounds, and. Um, so the shelter called Carrie, my husband and I, one day and said, oh, we have this hound named Hoover. No, 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 no. I Lost found Hoover at Hoover? the family block party, and I said they were oh, adopting him out. I said, do not, right. I said, do not adopt this dog out. Connie and Carrie are out of town, but call them on Monday. Oh, so it's all he, Michelle's it's fault. Totally right. my fault. It's totally, I just saw him. He had, just, he had character. Uh, he he had, totally had character. So he had lost, in, he was healing. He had lost an eye, part of his face, and um, his jowl to a mountain lion. He oh. must have come from the south because he had heartworm, which we don't have here. Okay. And he was obviously a hunting dog. He was called an American tree walker. Looked like a really tall beagle. Oh, wow. And um, 
he so we took him in and he was a pain in the ass he would you know run you'd take him on a hike and it would end up being a 15 mile hike because he would always run ahead of you and then people would always say oh he's just right up there you can, he's right there you can get him and he'd never come and back he'd never come back till we learned that we had to get a little zinger collar you didn't have to shock him you just had to beep him and he would run right back and sit right by you oh so, so he was someone on, he had trained was, him yes. yeah he was out hunting yeah hunter yeah. so um our whiskey is named after him, all the whiskeys, because on the back label it says, "Who old Hoover um, uh, forgot the first rule of thumb when you corner a cougar. Offer her a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I like it. named all the Browns after him. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's fitting that it's the Browns. <laughs> yeah, for exactly. sure. That's awesome. Um, what's your favorite food? Pretty random, huh? I, <laughs> I have to ask, I, you know, it's hard with two people, but I have to ask some personal questions. Favorite food? Just, just favorite some food. soup. Yeah, favorite food. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I don't even know what I like to eat anymore. I mean, I just, I get home at the end of the day and I'm so tired. And right now we're like grilling up vegetables and doing something with them. <laughs> That's not very no, exciting. Favorite food. Is it, I, I like know. sushi. Sushi? I like sushi. That's a good answer. Yeah. See, it's when you can pick one food. It's, I, you know, it's, it, usually I get women one to pick six different foods you guys don't have any no but you can't favorite pepino's pizza <laughs> right yeah. down the street i, I, I mean, almost that's where i went first was pizza yeah was I so almost bad. Went, what's their crust like oh so it's new york south and crust oh, you nice. have to go there it's i probably so good. will it's really good pepino's delicious yeah and then i don't know um if carol has any more peaches but if she does you have to get the peach milkshake Pe- from yeah, the oh, the Palisade peaches yeah. are amazing. So well, you know, so sweet. Yeah. But she makes a mean peach milkshake. Are you? Uh, I have to assume that you're very involved with all these businesses around here and are kind of becoming a little anchor because you're something different that people come with because of the love of craft uh, yeah. distilleries. Well, we do a lot of community events. It's you know the last time the the paper was doing a story on something, the new bar scene in Carbondale. They called us and said, "What's your?" What's your bar, you know, scene? I said, we're so much more than that. We're not just a tasting room. We're not a bar anyway. But we're, um, we do, you know, in addition to just the fun events, comedy night, trivia night, all kinds of local music. We do um, something, a class in a glass with the Clay Center where for 20 bucks you get to make some pottery and drink. Um, oh, nice. We've done yoga and drinks. It'll, you know, retox, detox. Yep. Um, so we do so many things here and lots of um, just... Uh, fundraisers mm-hmm. and so much stuff. So, um, you know, the and our local roaster roast our beans, and um, you know, the local ranchers taking all of the stillage, and then those that meat is going to a lot of the local restaurants from the hogs. So, right. we're definitely very involved in the community and do a lot of stuff here. What's your What's your favorite thing about owning this business? I know you've owned businesses together, um, um, but what's your favorite? We can drink all day long. <laughs> right. Great. I don't. I don't see you able to drink all day long. Is that what no, happened with you, the forklift? No, we can. You, you know, no. the fork. The sidewalk was straight. Just so you know. But right. narrow. Narrow. But narrow. Hey, all the roads around here seem narrow if you're from Minnesota. They're surrounded by fields. So the the, the moral of the story is don't drive the forklift on the sidewalk. Yeah, keep it in the street. Yeah, keep it in the street. Yeah. So you're you either run into cars in the street or kids in the sidewalk. I just don't understand those choices. Um, okay, so. Last question: What would you, um, what advice would you give to some um, young lady starting a distillery and one has a passion for liquid? Just believe you can do it, and don't ever give up. You're going to hit so many hurdles and challenges and roadblocks, but just believe, and it'll happen. Work hard, work your ass off. When you when you are going through those hurdles, um, are you able to turn it off? When 
I know work is hard to turn off anyway, and I'm, I'm, I'm typically pretty good at it. Are you good at turning off normal work? When you're normal day-to-day, when you don't have that big crisis? No. It's no. hard. It's all that. It's hard. Well, yeah. then you better love your job. Yeah. Right? It's not a job. It's, I it, like that's that. That's the thing. Yeah. It's just not, this is not no. a job. Yeah. So, all right. Is uh, Schaefer your favorite bartender? Schaefer's my favorite. Justin's my favorite. Brian's my favorite. Sayer. Sayer's my favorite. Matt's they're all awesome. my favorite. They're all, you know, awesome. they're all, they're way more than bartenders. Sure. I mean, they're out here. They're the team. So, yeah, they're. I what team. are you? Are you a, what are you? You're a, um, a spirit and service specialist. Yes. Yeah. I was really impressed in um, him pushing me out of the way to put boards underneath the tire. And yep. it was yeah. pretty fun. He, we, <laughs> He, uh, he, 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 owned that, <laughs> he owned that project. All right. Well, I appreciate it. That was right, fun. Yeah. Easy. Thanks for I mean, coming to see us. Hey, no problem. It's only three hours after we started. Right. Um, for a 35-minute <laughs> podcast. Perfect. Just a little guilt right at the end. Right. Thank yeah, you. That was fun. present for the forklift. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thanks to Connie and Michelle for the great conversation. Check them out at marbledistilling.com. Be sure to click on all their social media links. And if you're ever in Carbondale, Colorado, stop by and have some of their great spirits. A huge thanks to you for listening. If you want to help this podcast out, please give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to tell your friends if you like the show. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself. Talk to you next time. <laughs>